0: Welcome back to the Thursday episode of Let's Open the Bible. It's uh, Russ Fox on one side of the desk and accompanied by uh, Bill Greenwood on the other side of the desk. Hello again. Yeah, hello Russ. Thank you again for uh, being with us this week and uh, in Gavin's absence, uh, standing in the gap as we are called to do as believers. Uh today, listener, if you want to find John chapter 8, verse 12, we're going to look at another one of Jesus's I Am statements we looked at yesterday, one of those, and uh, we want to continue down that path. Uh, I'm going to ask uh, you, Dr. Greenwood, if you would, to kick us off in prayer, and then I'm going to read this, this passage.
1: Surely. Thank you, Russell. Lord God, we thank you for who you are, your majesty, your might, your incredible love and compassion uh, upon us and for us. We pray that now you might continue to open our eyes to understand who you are and and who we are in our relationship to you. Bless us and guide us. We ask it in Christ's name.
0: Amen. Amen. Uh, Jesus uh, spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness but have the light of life. Uh, Here he is um, speaking to the Pharisees. Uh, And he is uh, declaring here, he's making a declaration, he's the light of the world. And one of the fascinating, I guess one of the fascinating things about Scripture is how even though it's written over however many years, I think I've heard 1,500 years, uh, I think that's roughly Mm -hmm, 1,500 years, with roughly 40 authors. Right. There's one thread that runs through all of those authors, uh, authors, all of the books, all of the the years, and that thread is the story of redemption. Right. And Jesus is is certainly credited by believers with a, a, a being the fulfillment yes. of the Old Testament. The Old Testament points forward to Christ. Christ fulfills that, and uh, and then we get past the Gospels. Uh, past uh, the resurrection and the epistles point backward yes. to Christ. We live in, a, in, in that time, uh, the church age, the last age. But one of the interesting things is in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, God inspired this prophet Isaiah to look forward. He says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light, and on those living in the land of deep darkness a light has dawned. And so, in a very, in a very real sense, this is a a prophecy which is pointing forward to a fulfillment, and that fulfillment is in the person of Christ. And I love uh, how God's Word does that. I, I, I love because again, uh, we believe that God stands outside of space, time, and matter, uh, and He He simultaneously knows all things and sees all things. Right. And so it, the outworking of these things are in their due time.
1: Yes, indeed. In fact, uh, Isaiah did this, what, six, seven hundred years before Christ? At least. His uh, prophecies. It's almost like he's the fifth gospel writer, but uh, there are over a hundred, some say as many as two or three hundred promises that God makes for the first coming of the Messiah. And you might wonder why so many of these promises are prophecies so that, so that we would know for sure without any fear of misunderstanding that Christ is the one that fulfills each and every one of these uh, prophecies that God makes. So we would know exactly who the coming Messiah was and his identity is crystal clear uh, because of the Promises that came to be true in the life and ministry, death and resurrection of Christ. So really that's sh- that's powerful evidence. I yeah, think. yeah,
0: and, and it really should be unmistakable. Right, right, and that's why one of the one of the comments that Gavin and I have have been using is is that people aren't looking for truth.
1: Right. Yes, we are. We we're looking for, you know, happiness and not holiness. Yes. Uh, uh,
0: the scientists are looking, they, they say that they are radical truth seekers, that that's what science is about, as long as it's not God.
1: Right, yes. Well, that's we want to be the God of our own kingdom, and uh, that uh, conflicts directly with God's authority.
0: So I am the light of the world. Uh, again, um, the exclusivity... There's only one light. Right. He says, the light. I am the light, not a light. Right. We're not all lights. Right. There's only one light. Right. In fact, when we get to Revelation, we learn that his light is sufficient to be the light right. for the world. Uh, there's no need of the S-U-N yeah. because right. we'll have the S-O-N. Indeed. Uh, but he then goes on to say that he, talking about the individual right. who follows him, Shall not walk in darkness, but have the light, the light of, of light. life. Right. Now, again, the life he's referring to, the light of life, uh, he's referring to the here and now, but he's also referring to the eternal reality, right. that yeah. eschatological reality right. of eternal life. right. Because to not have the light of life means that you will be in darkness for all eternity. Right, indeed. You're in yeah, darkness yeah. now. Right. And you will be in darkness for all eternity. Right. So he's making an exclusive claim. Not only is he, uh, with the, I am again, going back to Exodus, declaring that I'm God. Right. He's also making a, a, a statement here that he's the only way to have the light. Right. In eternity.
1: Yes, indeed. He is. That's, that's true. And, uh, Sadly, though, we men have loved darkness rather than light, but he's come to to be the light and to bring the light and uh, to give light to our, our life so that we won't have to walk in darkness. That's good news. That's oh, hot potato news, yeah, shall that's we right. say. That's it's news right. worth sharing. Uh, so, And some people uh, are looking for light. They, they know that they're living in darkness. God has revealed that to them and uh, we're just hardwired for God, Russell. We are hardwired for God. He he's created within us a vacuum that only he can fill. Mm. And uh, he delights to do that. He loves us with a love that'll not let us go.
0: And yet so many in fact, uh you know, the numbers I've heard whether they're true or not, and I don't know how anyone can know this, but 7 out of the 8 billion people on earth are lost. Yes indeed how in the world and, and what do we do about that i mean you, you know right. just take for example this cult that we've been talking about the sure. last day or so uh, the jehovah's witness yeah um and you heard me right. I mean, it's a cult. And yes. you know, and I, I don't know how you want to describe the difference between uh, a denomination and a cult. Right. I would say that the dif- the difference is Christ. Right, indeed. Would that be fair? Indeed,
1: and you bet, you bet. And yet God is calling people out of that. Uh, the phrase that I hear, hearing many of these testimonies of ex-Jehovah's Witnesses, is that God woke me up. I woke up. God woke me up from the uh, wrong doctrine that uh, that they uh, believe because of the uh, the men the judgment of those eight men there in brooklyn or in uh, bethel but uh, you know uh, god has not uh, uh, kept us in the dark he is indeed the light and that is uh, showing himself to us and uh, for that we can be grateful that's good news that i is that's right. Seeking us. He's the hound of heaven, someone has said, uh, <laughs> in hot pursuit. As you said, the Bible is simply uh, one thread, and that is the thread of redemption, his rescue, his divine rescue for uh, for mankind, offering that to all of us.
0: You know, it's interesting that you uh, used, uh, you reported that the uh, former Jehovah Witnesses that have come to understand Christ as Savior uh, described it as God waking them up. yes. I have not personally had any encounters with missionaries that described uh, any other cult experience uh, or with any other cult experience other than with the Muslims, uh, and and uh, I know they wouldn't call themselves a cult; it would be offensive to them. But you sure. know, Allah is not uh, God. Allah is an idol. It just, you know, um, he's not God. So. But but I've heard firsthand accounts from missionaries that serve in Muslim speaking regions, where Jesus Himself appeared to them yes, in a dream. Indeed, and they would end up going the the way this goes, and this has been repeated by more than one missionary that I personally know. Uh, and so it's it's not a coincidence that these uh, differing missionaries serving in differing regions of Muslim speaking nations have had similar experiences that somehow Jesus has appeared to uh, some in the Muslim-speaking regions uh, as a, a man in white is the way mm-hmm. uh, that right. they would describe yes. it. They are confused by who this person is right. because they don't know Jesus. Right. They go to their imam. They describe this dream, and it's, it has happened enough to where yes. the imam knows exactly what's going on, tries to uh, you know sort of put that out of their mind. Right. At this point, their their hearts, many of them, uh, are, are stirred up. Right. They're trying to come to understand what this man in white is, yes. who he is, what, what the dream was about. And so they end up in uh, a Bible store uh, or a market, where what whatever they call that, I really don't know. And apparently the Quran is one color and the Bible's another. I wanna say the Quran's in blue and the Bible's in green in many of these regions. And they may find just one green book, and they end up having to hide that from their family. They end up, on average, reading the Bible, the New Testament, seven times right. uh, before yes. coming to faith in Christ. Is that is that yes, what you that, have heard? That
1: vision sets them on a journey. Yes, uh, for many of them. And the good news is that God is doing that among uh, uh, an incredible number of people all over the world, in the Middle East in particular but among Muslims in general, and that's exciting because God is pursuing us uh, with his love and his justice. He's not just a God of love. uh, He's certainly that and more, but he's also a God of uh, perfect justice, and in uh, justice and mercy, Christ uh, is there. Uh, In Christ, justice and mercy kissed each other, shall we say, That's an interesting way to put it. Justice and mercy, kissing each other in Christ. Christ is God's perfect justice upon our sin. He bore our sin, paid our debt, died our death, and yet it's because of his unfathomable love for us, compassion for us, that his justice is executed upon himself. Uh, That's the good news of the gospel.
0: I think uh, some of these accounts that uh, these missionaries are reporting uh, are taking place where uh, the gospel has has been completely shut out, or it's been right. very difficult. Yes. These are difficult areas for uh, a, a evangelists or for missionaries to sure. reach. In the case of Jehovah's Witnesses, which what you reported a moment ago was that God kind of woke them up. Most of these are people that live. In uh, evangelical areas or, you know, uh, Christian areas, people that that at least are familiar with the name of Christ, that at least probably have, I mean, most people have more than one Bible in their home. Uh, And so what they're doing is, the Jehovah's Witnesses, they're effectively trying to uh, reach anyone and everyone with their distorted uh, uh, abomination of God's Word. Right. And it seems as though God is using means, not necessarily dreams, mm-hmm. uh, as he is with the Muslims, but means, right. meaning uh, people of faith, right. people that, that trust Christ as Lord, that he is using that means of spreading the truth right. of the gospel, yes. even among the Jehovah Witness community.
1: Yes, and uh, many are coming out. They've, they've seen the uh, over a period of time the heartache being shunned. Uh, there's nothing in God's Word that that uh, calls us to treat each other like that. Uh, Peter asked our Lord, how many times shall I forgive those who've offended me? Uh, seven times, as much as seven times, Peter says, Lord. And our Lord says, Peter, it's more like 70 times seven. We're called to, to forgive one another. And yet uh, God has forgiven us for much more than that mm. uh, because we sin daily in our Word thoughts, and actions, and uh, he takes seriously sin. So uh, he has uh, executed judgment upon himself in our behalf, undeserving as we are. That's, again, the good news. That's why it's what the gospel means. It means simply good news.
0: So not that I want to commend uh, the Jehovah Witness version of the Bible, but I understand that's called the New uh, New World, World Translation. Translation. Not to be confused with a new living translation, right? new world translation.
1: It it really is a a scissors and paste job, if I can say that, uh, to bring their uh, theology into line with uh, what the scriptures. So they've mistranslated the scriptures or or, uh, come to an understanding of the scriptures that is not at all uh, uh, accurate in terms of the... uh, the, the Bible, they simply mistranslated it intentionally to bring it into line with their false thinking and doctrine.
0: And then also uh, basically not included certain verses. Right, indeed. That's what you were saying, the right. copy and paste or yes. the cut and paste. Right. Indeed. You know, it seems like there's been some uh, some of that go down throughout the history of the church.
1: Yes, but God That's is powerful enough to protect his word. If, he's, if he has spoken He's powerful enough to protect. Our Muslim friends says that uh, we can't trust the Bible. It's been corrupted. And you want to say, well, show me where. And uh, uh, I would sometimes want to ask my Muslim friends, uh, is not God powerful enough to protect his word? He's spoken, has he not? He's not solid. He hasn't stuttered. He's spoken. And he's certainly powerful enough to protect his word, and he has. The Bible is uh, trustworthy. Uh, and completely trustworthy, and we can read it and uh, have it. It's the only book that examines me when I read it. I don't examine just the book. The book <laughs> examines me.
0: With the exception of the New World Translation.
1: Well, indeed. Exactly. Sadly.
0: You know, uh, I think kind of what I was getting at is is if, if we take out of the Bible the things that we don't understand or agree with, what we end up with is a God that looks a lot like us. Indeed. And that's kind of what they've done.
1: That's right. We've made God into our own image, and that is not at all what the Scriptures uh, give us in understanding God. God delights in revealing who he is to us, and he's inviting us to, uh, to pursue him. And uh, he is faithful to reveal himself uh, to us if we will seek him with all our heart.
0: We would say that a God that looks a lot like us is not God.
1: Right. Indeed,
0: that that is uh, an idol. It is, and, uh, and God has a thing or two to say about that.
1: Yes, he does.
0: he does. So that's certainly dangerous ground. It is. So when when any cult or anyone starts editing right Scripture right, which by the way says not to do yes, when when we start doing that copying and pasting and, or cutting and pasting and, and making the, the Bible say what it doesn't say, uh, that's called being deceived.
1: Yes, it is, yes.
0: There is a father of lies. Right. And that father of lies is not interested in truth.
1: No, in fact, the very first uh, question that uh, the evil one, the adversary, the enemy, uh, suggested to Adam and Eve, has God really said that? And his method hasn't changed over the millennia. He still wants to bring into question God's Word.
0: Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. That's right. And so this belief that the Jehovah Witnesses have actually go back to, I think it was 200, 256 A.D. or somewhere in that range when, and I forget the uh, the guy's name, uh, Arian, maybe? Yes, right. Uh it really began that far back with this idea that Jesus was not in fact the son of God. And right. so yeah. going back again to Solomon's words, nothing new under the sun. Yes. We're not dealing with a new type of cult. No. Uh, we're dealing with a cult that has been in existence most of the time right. that the church has been in existence. Yes.
1: And those early disciples struggle with Jesus's identity. Who is this man? And uh, they came to believe uh, as monotheist, Believing in only one God, that the God-Man before them was indeed who He claimed to be, uh, the disciples uh, came to believe that early on, uh, and the resurrection, of course, confirmed it for them, vindicated Jesus's claims, and uh, they uh, they came to believe that that God was indeed in Christ, uh, drawing the world to Himself. Uh, This wasn't a belief that emerged gradually over the decades or centuries, but uh, it came to be from the get-go that they came to believe that Jesus was who he claimed to be. And uh, that made it a radical change in their life. They uh, led that kind of uh, life as obedient followers of Christ to the very death. They paid for their faith with their very life because they knew, uh, because of the convincing proof that our Lord gives us, that he is who he claims to be.
0: Amen. Amen. Well said. Uh, Thank you again, and I look forward to... uh, you know, continue in this conversation. Listener, tomorrow I want to get into a little bit more of the apologetic side. We'll get into that a little bit. And so continue to wrestle with this as you need to. Think about how you might be able to have a conversation with a, uh, a person that is lost or a person that has been deceived, and maybe they are following a, a Mormon tradition or a Jehovah Witness tradition. Give some thought to that. As Jesus says, I am the light. I mean, he could not have stated that any more clearly. So wrestle with that as you do, and I look forward to catching back up with you tomorrow. God bless.